everybody. Before we get into this week's episode, just a couple of notes up top. I wanted to let you know, first of all, about nine minutes into the show, we had a little bit of technical difficulty. We got it back on track pretty quick. So if it feels like the show jumped, don't worry, you didn't miss anything. We picked back up where we left off. So you won't miss anything right there. Also, we want to encourage you to hang in right at the end of the show for Harper's Hot Take. We've got two weeks to catch up with her about that and hear her feedback about what she feels about the last two episodes. And also, don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us on Twitter at WillsPod. And we would also love for you to dig into our feed and find our link to our anchor page. We would love for you guys to leave us a voicemail and interact with us on the show. So thanks so much and enjoy this episode. May the force be with you. Grace, peace, and welcome to Podcast of the Wills, a podcast that treats Star Wars like a sacred text. I am Nick Milkey. And I am Steve Renault. And Steve. Nick, we've had a lot of news. Oh my gosh. We're going to not waste any time with any kind of preamble. We're going to get right into all the news. As a lot of our listeners are probably aware, yesterday was the Disney Investor Day. And I don't know if this is the same as the earnings call, but it is an annual event that Disney has been doing for its shareholders, where they talk about everything that's going on. And one of the big highlights for us this year was all of the new Star Wars content. There was also a lot of new Marvel content. And to be perfectly honest, Steve, I was so excited about all the Star Wars content that I forgot to even that I, I forgot to it. even pay attention to the Marvel content until like 10.30 last night, and I'm still not sure what all of it was. But I'm going to sit down and look at that at some point. But I don't have a Marvel podcast with you, Nick. I have a Star Wars That's podcast. That's right. We have a Star Wars podcast. So and we have a journalistic integrity. We do. We have to stick to what we know, right? Exactly. Well, we are, for our news segment, I'm going to go through the 10 things that they have dropped on us yesterday it was like star wars christmas came early it Um, was star wars christmas and i'm gonna get just a quick short reaction from you i think you said you might even do one word reactions to each of these things that they gave us so we're just gonna jump right in here um one of the first things that kathleen kennedy and by the way let's just give some props to kathleen kennedy for all the hate that she gets stepped up to the plate knocked it out of the park plate and delivered yesterday and even as we you know seemingly she is about to be retiring maybe and heading out or her contract is expiring this felt a little bit of a way for her to go yeah you want it here it is here's it here's all of it um so the first thing that she shared with us or one of the first things that she shared with us is a new series Mm-hmm. called Rangers of the New Republic, which we were told will be set in the time frame of The Mandalorian. We don't really know anything else other than the title and the time frame. What do you think? Nice. <laughs> nice. There's a part of me that wonders, could it have something to do with our X-Wing pilot friends that we see popping yep. up? I think that's exactly what we got going on here. Of course, there's uh, a knows? question of maybe a Cara Dune involvement, but we also know that that casting could be tricky based on some other issues. So we don't know. Also in the Mandalorian timeline and a show that is less of a surprise, but very exciting to hear confirmed is an Ahsoka Tano show. Yes. Yes. Very exciting. We're excited to get more Ahsoka also set in that same time frame, which probably leads us to believe that it could involve 
the pursuit of Thrawn and the pursuit of maybe Thrawn and Ezra. We don't know, but that certainly could be a part of the deal. Well, um, and I will say with that, I, I think that I think that with the with the official announcement of the Ahsoka show, I think it's lesser and lesser of a likelihood that we will see a full throated Thrawn uh, in Mandalorian. Because I think that's going to be your big bad. I don't know. And, I, and that I, could have been the tease. That could have been the whole thing. You don't have to involve Thrawn and Mandalorian for Mandalorian to stay good. But dropping that line two weeks ago is the yeah. setup you need for the Ahsoka was, show. Yeah, exactly. And and Filoni pointing us to the epilogue. I mean, boom, we have the Absolutely. show right there. there it is. That's you know right. exactly where we're going with this. Locked and loaded. Um, it's, so the yeah. Rebels, it's the Rebel sequel we told was coming, but we didn't know what it would be. And live action. And live action, which I'm excited about. Um, another one that we knew about, but just a couple of more confirming details, is she did mention Kenobi, which is actually going to be called Obi-Wan Kenobi instead of just Kenobi. I like that. I like that. Because we've had, you know, we have Ahsoka, we have Andor, we're going to talk about in a minute. It doesn't all have to be, you know, one word titles. And so I like that it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi. We are told that it's going to be set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, which is exciting and probably makes the most sense mm-hmm. the big news drop was that hayden christensen will be returning mm-hmm. to play darth vader and there was a tease that um there will be some lightsabers crossed there, i read it yeah some read, sort of confrontation yeah yes and i read a description you know they over the course of that earnings call a couple of the video packages that they played were blacked out for those of us streaming at home i, know. I was and wondering if was, it was is this just me and i like tried to look around <laughs> and i was like okay yeah it's, it's just that me. that one was blacked out but i read a written description of the footage that they showed and it was mostly you and talking about being excited about being back and being reunited with hayden but there was some concept art and one of them appeared to be a hooded figure with the blue lightsaber crossing sabers with a red vader red sabered vader so that is seemingly on the way. Oh, my one word reaction. Hello there. That's two <laughs> words, but whatever. Hey, we'll totally take it. One um, to two word reaction. That's right. Well, and then, of course, as I mentioned a minute ago, we did get some more confirmation of the Cassie and Andor series. Uh, two word um, reaction. Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. I am so excited about Are the you kidding time. me? Tony it's Gilroy? Be so good. So, that, so good. That, honestly, I, I'll, I'll, I've been a little bit tepid about Cassie and Andor. But Tony Gilroy, for those of you who don't know who Tony Gilroy is, the whole born uh, mm-hmm. could whatever continuum or whatever you want to call the board, the, the born good series, the good born series. That's Tony Gilroy. Basically, Tony Gilroy. the best spy action since um, do, we, do we want to say like maybe Jack Ryan or, or James Bond? Without a doubt, like it's... like like that, like Tom Clancy, Ian Fleming, but for our generation, Tony Gilroy, yes, with Jason Bourne is coming as the director of, and it amazing brings so much weight, which is yeah. so very exciting to see that, um, to be able to know that you know what we've been told is going to be a spy series that this is and that's what cassian was he was a rebel spy mm-hmm. and we kind of get the drop or the hint that you know it's part of it's going to be dealing with the awful things that they had to do in those earlier mm-hmm. days of the rebellion. And we see that in rogue one and he's kind of telling Jen, you don't know I've been in this since I was four years old, that whole deal. So to hear, to see that all fleshed out. And of course I'm so very excited because we are going to get K2SO back. And I think he's, he's a top tier droid in the star Wars series, in my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. That's Alan Tudyk, yeah. Yes, Alan, Alan Tudyk, who does a fantastic job. Um, so we have Name one thing Alan Tudyk has not crushed in his career. By the way, I, I was thinking, I was thinking about that. The, I know, this is so random. I was thinking about that literally like last night, of <laughs> of uh, or maybe two nights ago, even of like, you know, every time Alan Tudyk has showed up on screen or or big screen or small screen, just crushes it. Our early fave for Alan Tudyk is in Night's Tale. Yeah. So good. I mean, but just an amazing actor and happy Absolutely. to see him back doing. I, I assume it's going to be that, that same kind of mocap. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway. Absolutely. Uh, well, the next thing, and this is kind of the last of the things we knew about before we venture off into some uncharted space, um, is we did get a trailer for the Bad Batch animated series. Um, I will say this on my personal note. I was not originally excited about the Bad Batch. Part of that is because the Clone Wars series as a whole, as I have said many times, was not my jam. I have come back to it later. I enjoy it and appreciate it a lot more than I originally did. But you know what the Clone Wars is? It is reverse Game of Thrones. (laughs) It started weak. And it finished as one of the strongest shows. It really did finish super strong. And And Game of Thrones started strong, finished weak. That's right. And I think that's part of what drew me in is that last 12 episodes that we got. And again, as I've said many times, using it almost as like a canon encyclopedia to go back and watch an arc or an episode series um, in order to be informed about something else I should have already known about. But watching the trailer for this, I'm totally in Mm -hmm. and I I will re-up on what I think we said a long time ago, which is I'm really excited about this being the Space A-Team. Soldier, yep. Soldiers for Hire, traveling around in a spaceship that's black with a red stripe on it. If they have to put Wrecker to sleep with, like, some drugs milk every time they fly, I'm totally fine with that. Mr. T style. So I'm, what is I'm your good. one word for Bad Batch? Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, all right. So now we're getting into some uncharted territory, things that we, you know, either hoped for, didn't know. Steve, next, after we get past Bad Batch, we start to get into the territory of things that we didn't necessarily see coming. And we get Lando. In the unknown region. Beautiful letters. The graphic on that screen made me exclaim with joy out loud in my kitchen last night while I was cooking and watching the stream. The graphics alone, like. That I feel like we've got a good series already, and we don't know anything about it. But Lando, give me Lando. What do you think? Uh oh, that's all right. We had a clip. Um, so we have a Lando series. There he is. Here I am. Sorry. That's um, okay. No, uh, we don't know much, but the title screen beautiful. Title absolutely screen, beautiful. The title screen alone is absolutely gorgeous, and it's exciting to see what the possibilities of a Lando series could be. Could we involve Billy D and Donald Glover? Surely we're getting Donald Glover, but you would think didn't... we'd get Donald Glover. I mean, you would but think. she didn't say we have no idea. So Lando it's just is... straight up Billy D straight up Billy D, but no matter what Lando is super exciting. So then after that, we come to the Taika Waititi movie, which I have been very excited about. Um, okay, was that the logo, like that very Monty Python? Yes, it is. That's the logo of this That's, thing? That, okay. that is... I need every Star Wars fan to, to do me a favor. Don't grip this one too tightly. That's absolutely just, correct. Just everybody take it down a notch and have some fun. Sit down and go with it. And she even kind of hinted in that. She talked about Taika Waititi's humor, the unusual way he does things. 
and just said it's going to be a lot of fun. And so, yes, we did get that kind of teal and purple, very Monty Python, funky-looking logo. The other thing that I thought was interesting is while she was discussing this in that brief little minute, um, at one point the screen behind her flashed a scene of Mortis. I don't know if you noticed that, um, but it would be interesting to see, you know, is there some sort of like ethereal space tale that gets into some of the crazier mythology and lore um, from a Taika standpoint? There could be something there. Um, I thought that was very neat. I and I just I'm sorry I just really like Taika Waititi like I do if, too. if you were to like give me a list of ten people in Hollywood that you could be friends with Taika Waititi would be one of them just Easily because would be on the list that would just be you're always gonna have a fun a fun time with Taika Waititi I loved Thor Ragnarok I, I'm sorry I was gonna say I'll say this and this is the hill that I will die on Thor Ragnarok is the best movie in the MCU Ooh. That's that's my hill. I'm claiming it. I have for a while now. It is I, a fantastic movie. I will say, if I'm sitting, if I have like time to kill, sit down and and I have to watch something Marvel. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna watch Thor Ragnarok because it's it's a good story, but it's also hilarious, and I always forget how funny that movie is, uh, and it progresses the story. It does. It's it from top to bottom. The humor, the story, the lore, everything about it. It's just a winner. So excited so, for Taika. Can't yes. wait to see what that's going to be. Um, she gave the indication that he's writing it, and that's what he's working. Yeah, on that now. he's that he's writing it now. Which great. I'm glad. Which yeah. is excellent. Yeah. Um, we get the Acolyte, which is going to be the Leslie Headland. It's a series. Um, My one heard reaction some- is. Ooh. Ooh, that's right. And the the ooh part of that is that this is going to take place right towards the end of the High Republic. Um, mm-hmm. It has a very acolyte, you know, is this more of the advent of the Sith? It could go anywhere. But what we also know in the news briefs that have come out in the last couple of months with Leslie Headland being attached is that this is going to be a martial arts style series. So that's going to have an effect. So something very physical, great action. We really don't know. Um, and then we have two more. I'm going to save maybe what is the big one for last. Um, we got Star Wars Visions. Actually, we have two, three more. I'm sorry. Star Wars Visions, which is going to be an anime series. Um, they have found some of the best anime illustrators and creators, and they're going to do some mini Star Wars anime styled stories, which I think could be really fun. Anime has not traditionally been my deal, but I love seeing new takes on Star Wars. Yeah, that my first thought when I saw it was, and this, this is not a one word thought. I guess it, for me it would be uh, interesting, but it was, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, okay, this is not for me. But Star Wars has long had a tradition, like uh, uh, reaching into Asian culture mm-hmm. uh, and pulling from Kurosawa and a bunch, and so you know, it's the fan base. Why why not do this? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. One of my one of my other favorite Star Wars podcasts, they talk quite frequently about doorways into Star Wars and there are different doorways for different people, different generations, different ages. And I love the idea of opening more doorways for more fans to come into the Star Wars universe. And this seems like the perfect chance to do that. Um, The other animated offering that we were told about was um, a droids is a droid story. Is that what it was? Um, it may have been a droid's tale, but I feel like we've had a droid's tale before. Um, a droid story. It's an animated series coming from Disney Plus. 
and we were shown some little clips. They may have been stock footage clips, but we saw some clips of R2 and C-3PO. And it says, the epic journey will introduce us to a new hero guided by legendary duo R2-D2 and C-3PO. The adventure series will take us to new places with some of our favorite robot-based friends. My one word, about- one word reaction. Eh. <laughs> totally fair. I, I think that would have been my, okay. And, and, and we're riffing off of A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life, a droid story. We've had droid tales before, so, you know, it, it's within the realm, I guess. It, out of all of this, that, that, felt like, that felt like something a Disney exec came and said, so you're going to do this. Well, but to me, this also isn't out of character because we've had, like, the Galaxy of Adventure YouTube miniature series. We've had, um, I forget what they're called, but there's a little short other YouTube animated series that's the little rollyball characters, like the rollyball Kylo Ren and BB-8. And they, it's very toddler age and focused, but it's not out of the yeah. realm of ordinary to get some younger content or... Do we know, you know this some, is definitely for younger... It doesn't specifically say that, no. So maybe I'm casting it too wide of a, a net. I mean, my hope is this is this is young kid, no no consequence. It's just you know, fine. the the fine. the one off droid episodes, the Clone Wars sort of right. thing that everyone right. you're like, oh, it's a droid episode. You know, <laughs> you you know the feeling you had when it was a droid episode of correct. It's a bottleneck. Nothing's gonna even, happen. Even in Rebels, Rebels had them too. Yeah, nothing's <laughs> gonna happen. You can skip this episode and move on to the next one. We're, we're sending 3PO and Chopper to an abandoned base somewhere to load crates onto the Phantom, and then they get attacked by spiders. Yeah. <laughs> well, the last one that we get is um, another movie titled Rogue Squadron, and this movie is going to be atta- or be directed by Patty Jenkins. And Patty Jenkins, as we all know, has helmed the Wonder Woman movies which the first one I thought was fantastic. It might be the only DC movie in the new era that I really mm-hmm. care for. Um, we got the, the, we got the Snyder, 84. we got the Snyder cut coming. Uh. Yeah. I don't, that's not, that's not selling me. HBO max sold me with the West wing. Snyder cut didn't do it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm curious because man, justice league, that was rough. That was rough, but it was very rough. And that's tough because if I grew up with any kind of superhero stuff, it was DC. It was Batman and Superman. Me, and me too. Jeff. I was not a Marvel person. I was a DC person growing up. Correct. But Patty so to see that juxtaposition over the years. But Patty Jenkins knocks it out of the park in the first Wonder Woman. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Wonder Woman eighty four has already started getting great reviews. It comes out in a couple of weeks, and that comes out. Time. That comes out. You can watch that on uh, streaming too. It's on streaming HBO and, Max yeah. on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I think we're about to see that new norm. By the yes. way, well, they announced some of that last week with several major studios yeah. making shifts towards that. So I think so too. I think it's been on the way, which um, is which is a, a shame because movie complexes and cities. I mean, they're about to become the old blockbuster and and thing. I mean, it, seriously, um, no, absolutely, because people now have in their home things that never would have been able to be in their home, Uh, you know, screens and sound systems and all of this. But, um, and I think the pandemic just kind of facilitated that, but nevertheless, and she did 84 too, right? Uh, That's correct. I I thought it. So we, we now have, uh, because there's a lot of things about, you know, we need to have some women in directorial role in, um, in Star Wars. Chow, I think was, was she the first woman to direct 
anything Star I think, Wars? I believe that is correct, yes. And she knocked that out of the park. And I was I was a little bit concerned. We talked about this with her Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. It's like, haven't heard a lot mm-hmm. about this. And so I was kind of scared that is she still tied with it? And they definitely, I mean, they put her picture yes, up. She's she she's doing definitely, it. And yeah. yay. Absolutely. But I mean, well, and then the other, Patty Jenkins, the other button. Great, great idea. Yes. And the other button on the Patty Jenkins part, I don't know if you saw it, but there's a little minute and a half video that she put up on her Twitter feed after this was announced yesterday where she's out rollerblading on like a runway airstrip. And as she's doing it, she's talking and talking about how she grew up and her father was a fighter pilot. And so her entire life, she's wanted to make like a fighter jet movie. And she skates up to the back of her car. She sits down, she takes her rollerblades and her helmet off. And she said, you know, she's leading up to it. And she says, and so now is the time. And she pulls out and she puts on a X-wing fighter pilot helmet. And as she's walking away from the camera, donning an orange jumpsuit, there's an X-wing in the background. And it was Excellent. It was a great way to kind of kick off a, hey, here I am and I'm doing this thing. It was really very fun. I think. Absolutely. Uh, so, and that's supposed to come out in 2022. Yes. So we're, we're really taking a pause for movies. Um, I mean, seriously, because Rise of Skywalker was, was that last year? That was last Christmas. So yeah. that was 2019. So we're, we're having a, a, a gap. Uh, a needed gap. That's right. I was going to say, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. With the series, the the things that are going to fill in along the way, we're not going to hurt for content. But as far as movies go, they're going to give it some time, which is okay. No, and it felt like uh, Kennedy was just pouring on uh, (laughs) because it was just like, oh, and another thing. Uh, um, So I was a little bit curious, like when Disney bought Lucas Films, uh, you know, but uh, I think Lucas... Films and this is trying to we, we we've kind of talked about this you wouldn't realize how kind of rough Lucasfilms was running um if it weren't for this other train speeding past it called marvel studios owned by kevin feige and <laughs> and so we're kind of like you know it it, it it was doing okay but when you put it next to marvel uh, it it was looking rough and this kind of looks like yeah, I'm not saying that this happened, but this kind of looks like we want Lucasfilms to to be another Marvel Studios in its own way uh, mm-hmm. and putting out content. Does everything Marvel put out, uh, you know, top notch content? Not necessarily, uh, but it's solid. Like that's the absolutely. Like uh, I think somebody once put it this way. Like think maybe think of it like this: um, Star Wars and Lucasfilms is like the office and marvel is like parks and rec when when <laughs> the office was great it you couldn't hold a candle to it but when it was rough it was rough it was really but rough. parks and rec you know never had the heights of the office but boy it was solid every time it came on every i mean time. it was this consistent consistent show so and that's what marvel has shown us this consistency mm-hmm. you know it's not star wars every time <laughs> but it is definitely consistent um so a lot of stuff, a lot of things coming up. A lot of stuff. An, an embarrassment of Star Wars riches. And as we wrap up this section and get to the main reason we are here, let me ask you this as an ending question. Is there anything that was not announced or talked about yesterday that you had hoped for or hoped to hear something about? Well, one thing I, I will note is is that they have taken the volume 
that they built for season one, they've expanded it for season two for Mandalorian. And then they've, they're strategically placing these volumes um, that industrial light magic, which, you know, of course, uh, George Lucas invented when he realized that nobody could do what he needed to do for, Correct. to make the original uh, Star Wars. Um, they're going in, uh, did I hear one in Australia or New Zealand, uh, like one or two in, and in the States, one in the UK. Mm-hmm. They're building one in the UK that they're going to use for Obi-Wan Kenobi. That was for sure mentioned. So, I mean, it's, I mean, <laughs> so. they are, they are setting themselves up and I, I thought it was really neat how Kennedy really focused on this, that this is, I, I think we're going to start seeing other, um, other shows moving to this this volume mm-hmm. uh that's the this is like this almost 360 led replacing of green screen it helps with lighting it helps right. actors have said how much that they enjoy a more immersive experience mm-hmm. um and it allows them to set up sets very quickly take them down quickly uh and shoot things uh, i mean they even said you know like just travel time we didn't have to go to location we could do it here and Absolutely. and and you have uh and so I thought that was really neat because I will tell you, and since really reading about the volume, I've been like watching like this week's episode from like, okay, so where does the real end of the volume begin? And it is really right. hard to tell. Like you, you, you could, you could do that with tell. green screen. You could be like, this is, this is a green screen. Um, but I think that this will allow them to do these multiple shows at once. Cause I was like, are they going to all try to shoot this thing on this one? volume? <laughs> um, they're spreading it out. And I think in one of the little bits of Marvel clips I saw last night, there was a Falcon and Winter Soldier clip that looks like it is being filmed. In the I, I think you're so. going to see this. I think you're going to see a lot more things <laughs> no moving to this. And once again, it's how Star Wars changes the universe. Um, That's right. Well, I'll say the thing that I'm disappointed that I didn't hear yeah. yesterday was any mention of the There's Ryan no Johnson mention trilogy. of that. I really, I really, as, as much as, and you and I have gone back and forth on The Last Jedi, I like Ryan Johnson. He's a great storyteller. I, I think they, I think that they sold him short uh, with mm-hmm. the Last Jedi. I think that they, they told him do whatever you want with it, but, but oh, oh, we didn't know you were going to do that, sort of thing. Right. Um, but I think when you give him a blank page, I'm excited to see what he's going to come up with. Um, and so uh, I, I am kind of sad I haven't heard that. I do. I do That's think right. that we're in a, in a in a season of trilogy fatigue, and sure. and let's just be honest. Get us to twenty twenty two, a solid uh, Patty Johnson, uh, Patty Jenkins movie, Jenkins, Patty Jenkins. Uh, yes, Jenkins. Movie in the theaters. Mandalorian is wrapping up or has finished its run. Kenobi has done great. Uh, Andor is in its like third season, second season, and is 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 the new Mandalorian spy thriller. I think that if you come out and say okay, and we've got a trilogy, and it's Ryan Johnson, and let us tell you about it, I think you're going to have a more receptive fan base than you would have if you have if you had announced it today or yesterday. A, it'd have been swallowed up in everything else, and B, you'd have gotten some negative press. Um, For sure, that was unnecessary. I'm. I'm That's happy right. we did not hear about, and I think it's officially dead. The the double D's uh, trilogy, the Benny Off and what what? That's right, Benny Off and Weiss. But oh my gosh, they do not. Uh, now <laughs> I would be happy if you told me that they were adapting the Darth Bane trilogy for a TV right. series. Okay, 
that's they they can they are very good at taking something in a book and putting it on screen uh and that is a very good story but but no we have no trilogies we have no saga films no trilogies. and uh right. the movies that are coming out they are standalones um mm-hmm. and uh and so is, do you think this is the new model for star wars nick do you think do you think we're I think, done? I think for the first, yeah, I think for the foreseeable future, we are done. I think if there is just an absolutely blow away something that comes out of all this, then they would be forced to take the opportunity to decide do we want to sequel that or do we want to create a trilogy and two more? You know, the way George did with Star Wars originally, um, I think that, you know, looking at it from this standpoint, it gives it time to breathe. I think if we were going to get anything else kind of sequely, there was the opportunity for a solo two movie, which I would have totally been in for hashtag make solo two happen. Um, I would have enjoyed the continuation of that story, but we didn't get that. We also didn't get any mention of a Boba Fett series that has been rumored, which then begs an interesting question about our current series. Does that mean that Boba Fett is going to die? We'll get to that in a minute. Um, And then we also did not, well, maybe that was it. Maybe that was the only other mention. But yes, I think that this is the route forward for the time being. Lots I think it's a good route. Streaming content. I do too. Lots of direct to con- direct to consumer content, as they're calling it, with the streaming services. Some movies along the way, and see what that lays before them. What doors that? Do you opens think Disney, up. when they uh, when they when they put these movies out, do you think they're going to be theater and stream? Uh, I think. I think they're going to do what they did with Mulan, which is they put Mulan up on Disney Plus, I guess, a couple mm-hmm. months ago. And it was a premium feature. You could buy it. I think it was twenty four ninety nine for a period of time. And if you wanted to see it, you could see it then. And then now it's available as part of your regular Disney Plus content. So I don't know how long they charged for it. Maybe yeah. it was a month. Um and then they shifted it over, and I could very much see them moving into that kind of mode. It's, it's going to decimate theaters. I, 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 I oh, hate, no question. I hate it, but it, and I love a movie theater. Uh, that's honestly that's been one of the hardest things with this pandemic is not going to a movie theater. Um, but no, I think this is a great thing, and I, I do think we'll get another trilogy. But please let it be Ryan Johnson, The Old Republic, far away from any of the other saga films. Uh, where he can play with something completely new and different. Um, but, uh, and, and I'm kind of, I mean, if, if the Johnson thing is still happening, I, I think that, I, I think that, A, you're not going to announce that he's doing anything until it's done and until like it's at least roughed out and yeah, we're going to do it. And B, that might mean that, that they're, they have learned their lesson from the sequel trilogy and say, hey, uh, take, take a few years and write out three movies. Uh, and right. not just write us one and we'll just, well, we'll figure that out, uh, as, as, as we go. Um, because I, I think what people have shown is they like good stories. I know that sounds so simple, but they like good stories. And when the stories don't mm-hmm. make sense, Agreed. it really, it takes you out of the moment. I don't care how big the explosion was, um, or, you know, how anything else, I mean, when you when you when you're sitting there going this I'm not following this, uh, it it's it's just not a fun experience. But Nick, we had Absolutely. the penultimate episode of the Mandalorian, the Believer. 
The Believer, Chapter 15, The Believer, directed and partially written by Rick Famuyiwa. So happy to have him back in the director's chair. He he can do action. We said it the first time. We clearly saw him today. I've been waiting this season. I was like, is he coming back? Because I wanted him back. Yep. Yep, we got him. He wrote it along with John Favreau, and then he directed it. So a quality, quality episode on our journey towards whatever this big final showdown is going to be. So we're going to jump right into these five categories that we like to do so much. Steve, what was your favorite part? Of so uh, you're going to laugh, but my, the first thing on my list is the return of Rick. <laughs> because <laughs> I just, I've, I've, I've got to really go and get more into this guy's uh, stuff because I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know who was directing this one. I didn't, I, I normally don't like, I, I don't, I don't look at who the director is until the end credits because I want to have like completely fresh. Uh, right. And and so for like the last three weeks, I'm like, I want Rick Fumiua to come back because I've missed him. He's such a good director. I loved his stuff on the gallery. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so I was watching this one. And I was like, is this a Rick Fumiua show? Is that, did he direct this one? And and low and when it showed came up at the end of those yellow credits. I was like, it is. It was. It is. This is his third episode of The Mandalorian and, that he has directed. He directed The Child, The Prisoner, and And to the me, Believer. this really ran the risk, and we talked about this, that this really could have been a filler episode, and in some ways, it kind of was. In, in, in some ways. Um, but it was not a bottleneck. We, we moved forward. Uh, but we what we had in this episode was amazing action sequences that were parried with amazing character development. And, and if you'd only had one or the other, it would have made for quite of a boring episode, but, but you know, you would, it it was kind of like you, you got your cake and you got your icing, you got your cake, you got your icing. And, and he did such a great job. This was a heist. This this was the heist. Uh, they could have called it the heist. I'm sure, you know, we might have already had an episode called the heist. Uh, but once again, I, I have to go back and look at the chapter titles because that definitely does sound like a Mandalorian title, the heist. <laughs> but the it, it notice the focus is not on the action. The focus is on the believer, right? right? It, it is on character mm-hmm. development. And, and, yes. and that's what made... This when I first was watching, I was like, "Oh, this is a this is this is just an action film." And I was like, "No, it's not." And and the driving chair of this character development, who would have saw this coming? But Bill Burr, <laughs> with an with an Emmy award winning performance. And here it comes. My favorite part of this episode, and it pains me to say it out loud, was actually Bill Burr, Space Boston, Mayfeld, because. <laughs> Space Boston, because in the prisoner episode, I did not care for this character. It took me out. He of was it one dimensional in that it one. Took me, it took me out of it that I knew who he was as a comedian, which I like him as a comedian. Fine. Um, but it just it took me out of that episode. And so I have not been excited about the fact that this character was coming back. But he was so good. And I mean, to me, I mean, he's the, the title. He's the believer, is he not? He's the one that talks about his experience with the empire, what he goes through with operation Cinder, which we will talk about in a few minutes. And 
you know, you kind of almost see this turn and change in him to say, yeah, there may be more on the rebellion and new Republic side of things than where I was before, either as an Imperial Mm -hmm. or as a criminal. But that turn, I just, I wasn't ready for, I wasn't ready to like Bill Burr in this role, but I did. And he was my favorite part of this episode. I mean, Bill, um, at, at the end of this episode, you didn't have character development from Cara Dune, Fennec Shan, or Boba Fett, right? And they were our supporting. Right. The end of this episode, you had a very different Mayfield coming out, and you had a very different Din Djarin different. coming out of this. Correct. And he's the other candidate to possibly be the believer, yeah. and I'm going to get into that in our pivotal but plot it was, points. But it was just, it was, um, it was a good episode. I mean, la- last was, week's was episode, episode was this big, mystical you know, the force and what is all the, I mean, it was a very different episode from last week, but it was a, it was a, it was Mm -hmm. a beautiful uh, episode. Great pacing, everything. I I try to, I try to stick to one thing in our categories, except for the Easter eggs, but I have to say, I do have kind of a follow-up favorite part, which was some nuts and bolts in action slave one content. I mean, we've seen slave one fly through the air, but to see them call into that, cockpit or that seating area and watch it rotate as it lifts up to take off like that's the vintage toy that we've had all those years where that cantilevered cockpit swung back and forth and we got to watch it rotate it was beautiful pretty sweet it was was, really it was just um no the the episode i mean to me it it is not as good as last week's but it was a different thing from last week's to me that's almost comparing apples to oranges um no doubt. Well, as the, as they say, with every high, there is a low. Steve, what was your least favorite part of this mm, episode? My least favorite part. Um, well, I made a prediction last week, which did not come true, that I thought I saw Nick Frost <laughs> on the, uh, the list of baddies. And it, it looks like either right. that wasn't him or if it was, it was just a little nod. Uh, I've not seen anything that he's like, yeah, that was me. So it might have just been somebody who looked like Nick sure. Frost. Um, so I was kind of like hoping to see him mostly. And, 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 and it's not because, you know, Nick and I are such good friends. Uh, but I just know what a sure. big star Wars fan he is and how awesome it would be for him to be <laughs> Mandalorian. Um, so, no doubt. but once again, that's not a, you know, a thing about the episode. Um, I, I definitely feel like that this was the episode that confirmed that we had a little JJ Abrams, uh, that's not con moment in our news uh, right. in the lead up to season two. And that was this whole helmet gate. It, uh, that mm-hmm. was a fake, right? It has to be a fake because, right. Seems because to fake, I mean, yeah. just to remind people what we heard about a, a month before season two dropped was the, the, you know, Pedro Pascal has, has destroyed the volume and is left and burned bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, because he wants to take his helmet off and nobody will let him. Um, and uh, I mean, it, it definitely, that little bit of controversy definitely turned everybody's attention to the Mandalorian. And in, in the articles it said, but don't worry, don't worry. The Mandalorian, Dan Jaren's character is really not going to be even in the back half of the season, which is also a lie. Uh, Correct. So, I mean, we, we kind of all got trolled a little bit and, and it, we could take it in good nature, but my thing was like, for a for a shaky fan base, uh, I don't know if that was a cool thing to do. Because uh, this is like our one thing that's going well, 
and to say like, oh, there's trouble right. in paradise. It's like, don't do that to me. Um, because I mean, it, it is very clear that, uh, that, that, that was the whole thing about the helmet doesn't seem to be either. It was way blown out of proportion or it was a feint to, tr to get people tuned back into the Mandalorian because even if you weren't watching the show, you knew that like the one thing is they got a lead character that won't ever take his helmet off. And well, what do you hear this? They, they, he wants to take it off. So now. Well, and I think it would be interesting to go back and I may do this after we finish recording just for my own personal edification to go back and look and see where those stories originated from. Did they originate from some trusted, you know, sources or was this like a, Mike Zero, comicbook.com, Screen Rant, one of these places that just throws things out there for clicks to see, you know, kind of where the or origination of it was. Because I remember hearing those stories, not giving them a lot of credence, but also not paying attention to where they I mean, it, it's a little bit like, uh, imagine you are, you got tickets for a NASCAR uh, uh, rally, right? And, and someone writes a story you, that they've been to the future and that there's this massive, you know, wreck at it, right? And then you go and you sit <laughs> and it's a great race and there's no wreck. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, what's what's going on here, right? Like, and what's it was like, did you did you just kind of put that out there to sell more tickets? Um, I, I, I don't know. That was my one kind of like, uh, for you. I got you. I got you. Well, my least favorite part of this episode, and I'm trying not to make this the dead horse that I've beaten the last several weeks, but my least favorite part of this episode was Cara Dune. Um, I do not enjoy this character. I have tried to separate the character from the person in real life because there are some problematic issues there, as we have mentioned before. But this, like you said, there was no character development. There was no, I mean, last week, he found her so she could look look up in the computer where Mayfeld was. And then she was the one to get him out of the prison deal. But like what she and Finnick did on top of that building, Finnick probably could have done yeah. by herself and would have been just as good, just you, as exciting. Yeah. Cara Dune is just kind of there. And I don't know if she's just being not thrust upon us. We're not being forced on anything, but I don't know. That character doesn't do it for me. And so I, it just, if I'm picking a spot that was well, dull, and you know, you, you think, I mean, we talked about this last week. Well, is this episode, the episode of springing Bill Burr? Uh, and the answer is he got sprung in 30 seconds, right? Because of Kara Dune. Right. Um, you could have still done that with her and then he exactly. got the ship and flew away. You could have, you could have kept the, you could have had Finnick on the hills, uh, uh, Fett doing a fly around. Right. Yeah. She was, she was superfluous. To the uh yeah and also and then also at the end of the episode from her we get what are we doing next or whatever she said so that gives the indication that she's in to help from the you know to see it through to the end so we may get her some more and i'll try to be positive about it but she was my least favorite yeah. part and that's i mean what they I said. could have <laughs> uh i mean at the end she did play a role in basically releasing mayfeld but you could have had mm -hmm. them go back to uh navarro and her be like, oh, sorry to see Mayfield didn't make it back with you or something like that. But or Mando could have let him go and then he could have gotten back to her and said, yeah, that was on yeah. me. Uh, he, you know, he got away from me. He, um, you know, whatever. But, so, but I, I, well, what I, about no, no, I, I agree. Uh, I, I didn't feel like her presence took anything away. I just don't feel like it added very much. Um, 
sure. because in, in like totally a magnificent agree. seven, which is what I felt like when Burr was, you know, when Mayfeld was running on the ship was we beginning to put a, together our, our magnificent seven to go get the, we're, yeah, we're, we're and, crewing and up. he goes away and it looks like Dune and it looks like Dune staying. And I, I think what you're saying is, could we flip that? Could we keep, and I, I'm sure you're shocked that you're thinking this, but could we keep Mayfeld? Could we I'm keep Mayfeld? Um, but once again, absolutely. Mayfeld and Shand both serve kind of the same function. They are the sharpshooter, and you That's really right. only need one. Right. Uh, but but Mayfeld has Imperial connections. That's why I thought Shand did too. Place. He has Imperial now. I thought she was always a bounty hunter. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, which also, by the way, we saw her in that trailer for the Bad Batch mm-hmm. animated series. Um, so that's interesting, but yeah, if you're going to build a crew, let's keep Mayfeld, let's keep Finnick and Boba, let's go pick up Cobb Vant. Yeah, but um, I mean, Cobb Vant you know, without for, the armor, what what is he? What does he do? He he could be the backup wheel man. Boba's got armor and can go fight. Cobb can hang out in the ship and be ready to pick people up. I just need more elephants <laughs> in Star Wars. Leave me alone, Steve. All right. Well, what about this? As we transition into our next category, what is your pivotal plot point? Well, we got the location episode? of Moff Gideon. In, the uh, location from the terminal, the super duper secret important terminal that's right next to Imperial Soft Serve and the can in the cafeteria. <laughs> in the cafeteria, <laughs> and easily accessible Anybody. by just you know a random tank driving officer who can plug his key in in the cafeteria and get the location of. So, yeah, a, a, a grand moth. Uh, apparently, uh, our face, our face recognition in this galaxy is far more encrypted than theirs. <laughs> so, so let me just let me put this together. And if you don't don't live in the South, hopefully you'll have an equivalent for me. Let's say you went on a Sunday afternoon with your parents after church to like Morrison's cafeteria, <laughs> and there was a com- and there was a computer terminal next to the hot bar. And you plugged in your thumb drive, and you could get the current location of where the president is on Air Force One. That doesn't entirely add up to me, except this wasn't even Morrison's cafeteria. This is like an imperial facility of some sort. So if you want to nitpick something, of course that's crazy. But you're right. The pivotal plot point is that we now know where, or the Mandalorian seems well, to know where Well, he definitely does because he sent a transmission to him. So, yes, he did send um, the transmission. I, I think that analogy is a little stretched, but it did warm my it did warm my heart. He <laughs> could have said Piccadilly, and I would have done that as well. Um, I think it's exactly. I think it's more along the lines of going on to uh, Maxwell Air Force Base, Nick, and uh, plugging in to see a, uh, a three star general's uh, location because you just totally may, maybe because you just gassed up his ship uh, with uh, or right. something. I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to help him out, but. <laughs> but yeah, like a like a secure uh, Piccadilly. Um, sorry, sorry Either for way, non-southerners who are listening. But table. given that I'm pretty sure we can list our fan base on a piece of scratch paper, <laughs> you all know we're pretty safe with uh, Morrison's or, cafeteria. Yeah, Morrison's or anything like that. It was, that Morrison's was Piccadilly. in the East Del Mall. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I guess it was. Well, um, for me, uh, I went a slightly different direction. I think a pivotal plot point was what we get for the first time since last season, which is Mando with his helmet off. Um, They misdirect you a little bit at the beginning when, you know, Mayfeld can't go, or Mayfeld's going to go, Cara Dune can't go, Boba can't go, Phoenix wanted by the ISB, so the only option then is 
Mando's got to go. And then he scans the tank. He sees the tank driver, which, by the way, those tank driver trooper helmets, like in Rogue One, I like that, that long, elongated face. Um, So he kind of sees a a loophole here. He can wear a a trooper helmet and not show his face, which is seemingly, and as Mayfeld says to him in the tank, is it about showing your face or is it about taking the helmet off? Because those are two different things. But we have that little bit of a conversation, but then they get to the space Piccadilly cafeteria <laughs> and you have to do it. You have to do a face scan at the computer terminal, which is interesting. I guess you just have to prove you have a face. It doesn't mean that your I face think it, is in I the think database. It, the, to, okay. to try to, to make it make sense is basically it is a think of it as like <laughs> this is definitely going to sound super southern. It's like <laughs> when you're at the self checkout counter at Walmart. It, it takes a video picture of you, uh, basically to say like who accessed mm-hmm. this material. This person, we have a picture of the person who gotcha. accessed this, this thing. So and and you can't you you have to show us your face to have access to that. So it's not so much like an encryption, but like um like a data file entry. Uh, I gotcha, gotcha. Well, either way, so he goes up to that terminal. And he does take that helmet off. And then he spends a decently significant amount of time having a drink with Valentine. What a great imperial name. A great imperial name. And I have have an Easter egg for Valentine. Another non-British imperial. Interesting. And and he has an interesting background. So hang tight on that. We're going to come to him. (laughs) Um, But yeah, to me, that's a pivotal plot point because... We've had those seeds planted a few episodes back with Bo talking about how you're a child of the watch, fundamental group. There's all these other Mandalorians that take their helmet off quite frequently. He's now spending time with Boba, who takes his helmet off quite frequently. I think there's the possibility that part of the believer title is Mando starting to come around to the belief that maybe he's not... You know, that's not who he has to be. He doesn't have to be only helmeted all the time. He still primarily might be because that's what he's been most of his life. But what he's able to accomplish, the things that he does and the reasons he does it, you know, Mayfeld tells him, he said, you know, you have all these rules until you have to break them because you need to do whatever you need to do to survive or to get the kid back or whatever. So to me, I thought that was actually a really pivotal plot moment to see are we going to develop at any point to where Mando is a little freer with his face well, being out in the air. I mean, what, what you have there is you have in, in all, in, in a classical sense, you have an ethical dilemma. Um, and yeah. I, I, I made, I made, I, I'm sure that that is going to sound somewhat silly to ethicists, but in, in some ways you really do. You have this question of what you're so, what you have promised to do. Right. Uh, and, and then what you need mm-hmm. to do and, and, you know, is breaking the promise. What's, what's more important, breaking up, keeping the promise and breaking to keep one promise. You're breaking a promise to, that you've made to the child uh, to keep the promise to the child. You're breaking a promise that you made to a group of people who have no contact with anymore and who you've learned maybe don't represent the totality of your understanding of your culture. And so, I mean, there right. there is that dilemma, and it is. I mean, and you can very much. And once again, Pedro Pascal's mask mask acting is phenomenal because the fact the fact that on it a, really is great. a mocked up stormtrooper tro- uh, tank helmet, you can see 
this moment of consternation of will he take it off or not? I mean, it's just it's really good. He does take it off and he has to and he does leave it off. Um, and it's it is it's weird for him to not have the helmet on. It's as strange as that sounds. It's weird for him to not right. have that helmet on. But I did like Mayfeld's thing of like, hey, I didn't see anything. Um, uh, yeah. But that was that was uh, that was great. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that. Yeah, I think that was big. Well, let's come. Let's get to some Easter eggs. There were quite a few. Um, okay, this one's going to sound out of left field, but my first one is actually an office space Easter egg. <laughs> yes. Did you catch it? Did you catch the, it? the first TPS one I wrote report? Down. <laughs> it's the first. Yes, it's the first one I wrote down. Uh, if you if you've never seen Office Space, go watch Office Space. Mayfeld says something to Jen Jarrett of like, "We gotta go get to them TPS reports," and that is. And that is a constant drumbeat throughout Office Space is the TPS report, which is an actual standard thing. Like it's it's not a you know it's it's actual real thing. If you work in corporate America, there is something called a TPS report, and it's not. uh, But once again, it's one of those things of it didn't take you that much up. If you were like me, what happened? I did a little huh, uh, and then moved on. But I was just like, okay, yeah, I could definitely. that's exactly right. No, that was that was the first thing I wrote down. Um, I think the other, well, there are several, and I wrote a couple down. Um, I think another big one that certainly falls into the Easter egg category, maybe less so than fan service, was when Valen Hess, the officer, has them come have a drink, and he wants to talk. And, you know, not pleasantries, not how's the weather, not how's whatever. He said, let's some, talk about something less rote. And... Our man Mayfeld brought yeah. up, and you might want to explain because that really's and only been really fleshed out in uh, in a video game. Correct, and I have not played that video game, but I know that that is from the storyline yeah. of with Two uh, Inferno Squadron. Uh, so yes. so Operation Center, and, and I played Inferno Squadron. It seems like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Operation Cinder was basically giving the Empire a command from the dead by the Emperor to do a horrendous thing. And that is just systematically wiping out almost planets at random. Um, and the question is basically, who's going to be who's going to be willing to do it? Um, and yeah. uh, in the lead character in Battlefront 2, uh, it's her planet is one of the planets marked for sender and is basically just bombarding planets with with fire from from uh low orbit um and 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 then mm-hmm. going through and and killing everybody uh for for no reason like it is like Absolutely. you could you could you know with Alderaan with the death star you could think of even if you wanted to get yourself in the imperial mindset is uh, this is the this is the source of all of our of, of the rebellion. We 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 stamp this thing out. We have no more rebellion, right? And of course, what they didn't realize was the rebellion yep. was far far greater than that. Cinder was a decimation of the galaxy for the sake of basically the empire flexing its muscle and also seeing who is really loyal. And you have a lot of imperial uh, imperials basically leave the empire because of uh, an inability to to carry out that order. You have another of Imperials, and you get this in books like Alphabet Squadron, 
who actually go through Operation Cinder do it, but have like horrendous PTSD for what they've done and are just completely mm-hmm. messed up and leave the Empire too. And it looks like that's what we have with Mayfield. He he was part of Cinder. Yes. But he he's but basically that was the thing that broke him. Yep. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was, and again, that good storytelling, that good character development, fleshing out, you know, something Hess says, you know, something to the effect of, you know, they did that because the more, and this is kind of what you were saying, but, you know, the more you stir up and attack people, if they're threatened and fearful enough, they'll come running back to the Empire. They'll turn on this rebellion, whether the rebellion does it or not, because he says people want order. And I, I wrote that down actually as an Easter egg because, of course, that feels like a little nod towards the First Order, which we know is coming, um, and you know the reorganization of the Empire into the First Order. So him making that specific statement, well, also I it's, stood a, out. it's a nod to the prequels. Um, the The way to kill democracy is is to basically the way people will give up their freedom is when they're afraid, and they will take order over freedom. Right. And that is that is where Star Wars mm-hmm. has always really kind of been, um, uh, you, you know, uh, a mirror to our own society. And and I mean that is a no doubt. it is chillingly delivered by the actor. And and the reason why it's so chilling is it's true. The way the way to the way to kill democracy right. no, very true. is through terror, because in the face of terror, people will flock to order, even if that order is something as cruel and hateful as the empire. Absolutely. Well, um, one other Easter egg, and I wrote this down as well, um, and I kind of alluded to it a moment ago, the actor Richard Brake, who plays our Imperial officer, Balin Hess, uh, as you mentioned, a non-British Imperial. Really? He was born in England and... And when he was, I believe it said three or four years old, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, which is of course close to you and I. Um, so he would he and, would know about you know, grew up in the United States. But, <laughs> that's right. He would totally he would totally have reference for Piccadilly Cafe. Um, but let me let me throw this one at you. Do you recognize or know one of what, I do one not. Of his other I, big I enjoyed him in this. I, I do not know him as an actor. It'll elucidate me. Well, and you wouldn't necessarily know him, but he was the Night King in Game of Thrones for the first couple of three oh, times that we see the Night King. Yeah. Before that actor was replaced. He was the first Night King in Game okay. of Thrones. Richard Brake is his name. And I just thought that was fun. Um, because it, whenever we get these actors, especially these Imperial actors, sometimes you get ones that you know. Sometimes you get, um, I've really enjoyed seeing Katie O'Brien mm-hmm. who plays the female officer on Gideon ship. Um, I like that character. I like, you know, what she's delivering and she's been, had a good presence on social media and with some other podcasts. So she's engaged with the, the, the fandom and the culture of everything. So that's really fun. But yes, this actor, Richard Bre- Brake, who plays our officer was the first night. Oh, that's in, interesting. In no, he's, he really crushed his scene and, and what does he say? He says with this uh, and another Easter egg is that they are mining uh, uh, Rhydonium, which is like which is like uh, rocket ship yeah. fuel. <laughs> um, it is rocket ship fuel. Interestingly volatile. If you drive too fast, it gets hot. But if you slow down, it doesn't. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but he says something along the lines of um, and with what we're doing here, 
it's going to pale in, it, it is Operation Cinder right. will pale in comparison to it. This, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's the pre. Well, I mean, this is a, a plan bags. that I don't think we see played out, but who knows? Um, but it it will be interesting. Uh, and and another Easter egg was the Rhydonium. For me, another Easter egg was, of course, the Slave One Seismic Charge. Uh, that we got to see. That was pretty cool. We saw that in the prequel. Um, and uh, and it was just, it was one of those things of when he started ascending and he, uh, Boba Fett was playing with his uh, board. I was like, we're about to see this. We're about to see the seismic charge. And, uh, and it was just, it was really kind of cool because that's something kind of that his ship is known for doing. Uh, and my final thing was Operation Cinder, uh, which is, I, I, I that is yes. one of those things, though, that I, from I, I tried to go back and like think of that scene as a as a non super nerd fan, and that is simply if you if you were watching this, you go, okay, I don't know what that <laughs> is, but it sounds like it was terrible, and Cinder sounds, sounds like terrible. fire. <laughs> so I mean, it sounds like this kind of scorched right. galaxy um, thing that happened here, and and the and the thing is, is that we kind of. Uh, we, we kind of have a little bit of it with books and video games, but once again, uh, I always, I always walk into those things going, well, I know what this means, but does, would somebody else who hasn't played this video game and hasn't read Correct. Uh, alphabet squadron, which uh, an alphabet squadron probably Absolutely. is the most full throated. But once again, every time I've ever seen an explanation of operation Cinder, it is what happened, not necessarily why. Uh, but I mean, all you can hear is that basically the dead emperor through a bunch of sentinel droids issues order operation sender. And that is basically just destroy random worlds. And let's see who, let's see who does it. Let's see who has the, right. the guts to do it. Um, so, uh, any other Easter eggs for you? Well, we can call it an Easter egg. We might want to call it fan service, but obviously we get a Slave One concussion charge (laughs) dropped out of the back of that ship as they're being pursued by the two TIE fighters. And that, you know, a podcast that I listen to, one of the final questions he always asks his guests is, what is your favorite Star Wars sound effect? And more often than not, there are people who say the concussion charge in the asteroid field in Attack of the Clones when Django is and if being memory serves me correct, they Obi-Wan. they stripped all sound. Um, they did the 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 sound the sound of the vacuum of space. Yes. Uh, exactly. And this this one hit just a little bit yeah. differently because they were in atmosphere, but it was still that door opened and that charge fell out, and I pointed at the screen and went oh 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 like that because I knew what was coming. So, uh, so a lot of fun, fun little Easter eggs. A really good show. Um, it it. It, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have one more, one more category, real quick. What do you, what do you want to know more about? I would. Your last... I'm, I mean, I, like I said, uh, with Operation Center, I kind of want to know more about that because that that seems like such a pivotal thing that has mm-hmm. never really been truly fleshed out. Um. Uh, I will say, uh, at, I would be remiss to say, I, I think that one of the most amazing scenes is that. Uh, we see Din Djarin send that communicate to Moff Gideon and pretty much says Moff Gideon's words back to him. Uh, I mean, yes, it was from uh, last week, word a for word. pretty chilling thing. And I, I think that that speech was Moff Gideon's 
ending speech at the in the penultimate episode of season one, and it's now Tinjarin's speech in the penultimate episode of season two, I, I believe. Um, and so it, it's it's mm-hmm. this kind of beautiful mm-hmm. uh, mirroring that we get between the seasons. Um, I just want to see where this is going. I, I feel like, I you know, I, 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 we, we, we have a sense that this is definitely going to be three, but maybe four seasons. I feel like we might end this. Um, right. I, I don't think, think we're going to end this season with uh, Grogu and Din Djarin reunited. Uh, I, I wonder how I wonder okay. how season two is going to end. We didn't have a cliffhanger with season one. Everything ended uh, kind of tied up, right? Um, right. I mean, the only kind of cliffhanger thing was yes. we were like, oh, well, Moff Gideon's still alive and he has the Darksaber. Uh, but that could have been the end of the story. And in many ways, like kind of Star Wars A New Hope could have been the end of the story. You could have just had that one film. Uh, Empire Strikes Back ended us on a cliffhanger of, you know, kind of what's next. And um, and even Cara Dude saying, what's next? Mm-hmm. Like, so you have this forward momentum. I don't feel like we're going to, I feel like we're going to end with a cliffhanger on, on, on this uh, one. Uh, and so sure. I, I'm kind of curious, what, what are they, what are they doing now that they, where is, where is Grogu? We didn't see him all episode. This was this the first episode we never saw mm-hmm. him. I think that is correct. Actually, now that you say that, I don't know that we've um, had another episode so, that he hasn't been in. Uh, and and the fact that I think that if you were to poll Mandalorian watchers, that the fact that that would come as an afterthought, it kind of shows you, oh, this is not being driven just just because mm-hmm. a bunch of people are like that cute little baby Yoda thing. Um, <laughs> Well, it, it, it feeds a theory by my friend Andy from the Holo Chronicles podcast that wrote an article about the possibility of what if Grogu doesn't survive the series or, you know, ha- heading in a direction like what if that's a possibility? We haven't cool. really had character deaths other than Quill no and IG-11. of, of main um, characters and, uh, this this uh, right. season. So, I mean, I, I, I do wonder, I, I feel like... Correct. I feel like we're coming to the death of a character uh, this next episode. I wonder if I wonder if uh, if we Agreed. got Boba Fett's uh, brand new spanking armor just to see him uh, uh, killed in it. <laughs> um, uh, yes, uh, and yeah, I mean it, that definitely sets up uh, you know kind of and depending on how it's handled. I mean, I don't want to see Boba Fett die. Uh, and uh, I, I like good work for Tamur. Right. Um, but um, but I, I feel like we're going to see, I feel like this is not going to end well at the end of next episode. I, I feel like we're going to be in a place where we need the resolution of season three to what we're about to see. What What is it for you? Um, you know, I, I'm I'm with you on all of your points. I would say if there was anything else, I kind of just want to know, what is the trajectory for Boba? We've gotten Boba back last week. Um, we have him this week. I did like how he, like you mentioned, he, that armor was freshened up. He came walking out of there, and it was a good recoat of paint, um, all clean and shiny and ready to go. Uh, he did keep his, he seemingly kept his Tuscan robe. He didn't go back to the jumpsuit. Um, but, you know, what does that mean for this character in this show? Um, is he going to survive? Is he going to retire? 
is he going to die? Um, you know, it, it opens up several different opportunities and possibilities for the future of the ship, the character, our Mandalorian. You know, I, I made the joke last week. What if, you know, Ben made it two seasons, he dies next week, and the Mandalorian in the show continues on as Boba Fett over the next two seasons? I, I don't think that's what we're going to get, but it's out there for the taking. You know, what what is going to be, what is Boba Fett's arc through this series? That's That's what I'm ready to know more about. Um, the other thing I, I still am beginning to wonder, and, and I don't, I don't like the notion of everybody has some force abilities, right? Uh, but the original kind of Jedi kind of thing was that anybody can do this if they want to, you don't have right. to have the midichlorian, whatever. And there was a, 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 a camera faint. I don't know if, if you called it and I don't know if it, it was even intentional or if it was something that I was reading into it or whatever. But there was a moment, it was like when, when Din Djarin is on the back of that uh, uh, transport mm-hmm. and, uh, and the odds are stacked against him, he kind of looks like he's about to use the Force. Uh, of course, we, we, we know he has no training, he has no ability, but there's this, it, it was kind of the sense of what's about to happen. Because, right. I mean, he, he very much is like putting his hands up uh, in, a, in a posture of like almost trying to repel them with his mind. Was and this right before the TIE Fighters? Right ending? before the TIE Fighters. See, uh, I took I took that as his um, Steve Rogers, I can do this all day. He was putting his dukes up even though he was hopelessly outnumbered. Yeah, and it was interesting to see him fight without the armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, because to see the ever, plastic chunks fly off. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it it kind of it kind of slowed down, and it was it. I could definitely see it interpreted that way. Uh, but it it just kind of had this feeling of like, if he could have been Grogu right then, he would have like done something. Mm-hmm. And this, even if it's not like he can, is this desire of I would like to be able to do that. Uh, I, I don't know. It was just kind of. I've seen people be like, "Well, Mandalorian's going to train Grogu." That doesn't make any sense. To no, me. it doesn't. Um, but uh, you know, I I wouldn't I would not mind. I don't like everybody. Well, you know, Finn has force and all this, <laughs> but the sense of why was there a connection between the Mandalorian and Grogu, and and maybe it was this force connection, and also you have the interesting thing of Mandalorians and Jedi, uh, a Mandalorian with force abilities. There's a lot of interesting things there that I think would be a, a fun thing to to play with. Absolutely. Is, is that the reason why these two things were connected, Din Djarin and, and Grogu, was because they shared something that they didn't realize that they shared in the first place. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm so next week, next uh, season, week, season finale, Nick. Season finale. And, and one last thing on that bridge, because you're talking about that scene. I got really excited when those shore troopers came across that bridge. I love those troopers from Rogue One. Yeah, the, the scarif troopers and that khaki-colored armor. I I was excited to see those guys again. So between the death troopers we got last season, I, I like a good trooper reuse, especially some of these variants. I don't think we have to have a new trooper for every single thing we do, but I like seeing some of those favorites pop up. So that was fun. But yes, next week season finale. Um, luckily, and I put this on our Twitter feed yesterday. Thanks to all of the news that came out from. 
the Disney Corporation yesterday, that's just going to ensure that we're going to have plenty more podcasts to make for a good long time to come. So oh, I'm, I'm thankful that <laughs> we Disney have to leave our think- day job. <laughs> I'm thankful that Disney was thinking of us when they put out all these new things for us to be talking about. But I can't wait to see what's going to happen next week because it is wide open and we really have no idea. Well, Nick, maybe this is a time that we think about um, uh, starting new shows with new uh, hosts and uh, and starting our media empire. That Hey, um, I, t- tell me when we're ready. <laughs> and uh, no, that I'm a, can you imagine if you did a show for each one of those things? Oh gosh. Good gosh. Um, so no, but next week, final episode. Uh, I'm really excited to see where this goes. And then we, uh, we have a fallow period, but it sounds like when we come back at the end of 2021, it sounds like we're going to get the Mando again. And then we're just going to just smash into, we're going to have a, we're going to have things all throughout 2022. Uh, And so that's just going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I think that this is kind of a, that that period right before uh the storm of a lot of of activity and i'm looking forward to it so um, totally anything else for the good of the order nick i believe that has it for me for today all right well uh may the force be with us always Hey, everybody, we are back with Harper's Hot Take. We wanted to catch up. We missed it last week. We were a little bit behind, but I am here with Harper. Harper, how are you doing? I'm good. Excellent. Well, we're going to play catch up. We're going to talk about last week real quick. The episode was entitled The Tragedy. There was lots of stuff that happened. What was your favorite part of that episode last week? Mine was definitely the part where Boba Fett takes his staff and, like, he breaks the stormtrooper helmet, which is like really satisfying. Pieces flying everywhere. <laughs> so you you like Boba before he even gets his armor back. You like how he just let everybody have it with that staff, shattering the plastic of the stormtrooper armor, and just truly showing us how awesome he is. Yes. Excellent. Well, what from last week's episode are you curious to either know more about, or what are you looking forward to coming up because of that episode? I'm wondering what their plans for Baby Yoda is. Absolutely. Why did they take him? Obviously, Gideon has him now. And what are they going to do with him? Okay, great. Well, those are awesome thoughts about last week's episode. And then we watched this morning, this week's episode, which is The Believer. And there was a lot of great action in that episode. What was your favorite part of today's episode? So, mine was where um, Mayfeld was... About to go into the room where the two officers were. And then he was about to go in there and... And then he was about... You you like the part where he yeah. went in and then he kind of froze and freaked out and so yes. Mando and had to Mando, go in? And then Mando covered him. Absolutely. Mando had to make that decision... Knowing in order to use the computer, they're going to have to, he was going to have to take the helmet off. So you like the fact that Mando made that decision because it was all about Grogu, right? It wasn't about yes. Mando. Um, I think that's an excellent part. And I think as we talked about, that's such good character development for Mando to see how his relationship with Grogu is changing what he has always done and believed. 
Um, well, and we've got one episode coming up next Friday is going to be the finale. What are you looking forward to? I want to know what's going to change between right now and that episode. Is anything like a gonna, lot could happen. Is anything going to happen between this episode and what we see next week? Like yes. maybe does he go somewhere and they start the episode already advancing the plot farther? Yeah. I think that's excellent. I think there's a great opportunity for them to do that in our storytelling uh, Harper, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your hot take, and we will definitely get it next week for the finale. May the force be with you. And also with you.